You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. Big show today. We've got earnings. We've got vaccine news. We've got CEO interviews, a lot to get to on the show. Two guests today, Nick Shaheen from Create Income with Option Spreads will join us at 8.35. And then at 9, we'll be joined, joined by Mark Russell, who is the president and CEO of Nikola Motors. So a lot to get to on the show. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. We appreciate any and all likes, as always. Let's throw it to Joel now. Joel, update us on this overnight session here. What is going on? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Good morning, traders around the world. Uh, we're in the red here. We didn't start out that way, but we are now in the red. We had a nice rally overnight, and we got to 46.75, and then we turned around on a dime here. We went down to 15 even, still down 12 handles. Uh, maybe they weren't as you know, thrilled with the stimulus package that GOP came out. Uh, didn't see any major virus news, but... Whatever, we're down 12 handles here. Mid-range on the session is right near the close. So my key for today is getting back over 32 and a quarter. That's your close. That's also mid-range. That's 12 handles away. Uh, crude is trading down 14 cents here at 41.46. Uh, just hanging out still in the 40 handle. Uh, showed a little bit of a breakout a few days ago. But uh, running into trouble at 42 and change. The wild childs in the markets today. Gold down 920, but that's not the story. It was up. It tried to kiss 2000, got to 1974.70, and Vavoom went down to 1900.20. So a little bit of a leak there uh, in the gold market. You can see this on the chart. Uh, sellers came in, came in in a big way. Uh, also, silver. Wow, four buck range in silver here. 26, 27 and a half. 
Then you nose dive the 2246, trying to climb its way back. And Bitcoin, don't look now. We hit 11,540 in the futures overnight, pulling back to 11,000 in 95 in Bitcoin. So Bitcoin uh, green today. Uh, let's bring in uh, Triple D. Triple D, I did take the recommendation, and someone said they wanted the 15 minute chart here, the 30 minute chart here, the daily chart here. And then I left the monthly down here. So uh, Twitter suggestion, we'll keep doing it till we we'll get it right. We'll keep taking suggestions. We'll keep trying until everybody is happy. Our whole goal is to make every single viewer happy. Oh, it's going to be a tough crowd, goal. It's a tough crowd. Tough crowd. To but, get every single person. But we're going to try. So thank you for the suggestions. I think it was a good suggestion. I went along with it as well. So moving the charts around. We're trying to keep it as simple as we can. If it needs to go back to one, but a lot of people like the four. So we're kind of mixed. Some people like the one shirt. Some people like the four shirt. So we're going with the four for a little while. I got some tricks up my sleeve. Uh, thanks to one of our listeners, uh, Gary. You draw those lines. Purple yeah, crayon. Yeah, I just. Or just circle some stuff. I like know. When you're talking. I'm gonna get, get those that. lines going, Joel. We're going to get you I know, but then you got to do thing. that, and then you got to race, and then you got to remove drawing objects. And You can you know, do it. You guys pay me for my knowledge, not for my drawing skills. No, you know. we pay you for your drawing skills as well. You're the one that did okay in art. Remember, I failed art. No, we both did bad Oh, we both art. failed art. Spencer, yes. take over the charts. He didn't fail art. <laughs> Me and Joel both failed art, and you're trying to get us to draw the lines. I can't draw two straight lines. Not only did I, we won't go into the whole story, but I, I never gave, you know, how we used to give your teachers gifts and stuff, you know, at Christmas time. You know, I didn't like Mrs. Cummings so much. I left it in my locker the whole year, and then I threw it out at the end of the year. Oh, really? <laughs> so your mother gave you a gift to give to your teacher, and you refused to give it to her? Yes. You're a bad. <laughs> How did you get through school? Uh, How did they let a, you through? With A's. <laughs> you must have cheated. No, no. It's easy. I'll All right. We're the bad Go, go, go. People, people are getting impatient. Let's talk stocks. I mean, okay. First of all, vaccine news. Good positive vaccine news. But hey, hey, wait a minute. This market is starting to become numb to the vaccine news. So give us the, the news last night from Pfizer and uh, what's the look on BNTX? The news last night. So Pfizer had, had earnings this morning, but yeah, last forget night, the Pfizer. We're talking the vaccine news from last night. Right, go to the right, Pfizer right. this morning too. Right. So fi- last night, Pfizer and uh, BioNTech announced that their leading uh, COVID vaccine candidate had commenced. Uh, a they basically gone the next step in the process. They're on to they're on to the next trial. They're on the phase uh, two uh, slash three uh, global study now. So mm-hmm. they're they're. They're on the next step. That's positive vaccine news. Market was actually closed. The, the, the E-mini was closed, but you were starting to see a lift in some of the individual stocks on that. But then the list started to fade. And I thought, well, is, is Boeing going to lift? Is some of the airlines going to lift? And I was like, I tried to play it a little bit. I was like, no, nah, they're not liking it as much. So change of script here. Now you're starting to see some positive vaccine news and you're not getting a 300 point Dow rally off of it. So that's somewhat concerning because that has been the driver for the last month. Every time we get a positive vaccine headline, the market rips higher. So if they're going to change the script on you, that's concerning for the bull thesis to a certain extent. Um, we are down here this morning, and there's obviously lots of other catalysts to talk about. But you'd think 
brightness, other things being equal, if the vaccine news is out there, I would have thought it would have at least lifted on the headline. And we really didn't lift. And now the E-minis, again, were closed that time. But the stocks weren't lifting either. SPY doesn't close at that time. And it really wasn't lifting either. And a lot of the reopening plays, like, you know, the airlines tried a little bit, tried to catch a couple cent bid here in American Airlines. But they really didn't lift either. And now the reopening plays, again, down again. It's like nothing can lift these stocks. If you look, American Airlines just oh. been sitting here, cannot do anything. It's been trying to go higher. Some people are going to say it's forming a base. It certainly is. But the longer it sits down here, the more I think it's going to be a base that resolves itself to the downside. Very concerned about the pricing action and now airlines being kind of numb to vaccine headlines as well. I think the market's starting to realize that, hey, this vaccine news might not come fast enough for some of these companies. Maybe the market's thinking that like airlines and travel and crews and restaurants are not going to be part of the new economy moving well, forward. Well, it's very possible, or they're yeah. going to be a less part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I agree with that. I mean, for at least a while, it, it's going to be a long time before we get back to normal. So you look at these stocks and you think they're cheap. And yeah, if we get a vaccine that actually works tomorrow, these stocks probably get a lift, but uh, it's just very concerning that now they seem numb to the vaccine news as well. So what's the headline that's going to drive them higher? Like it was always, oh yeah, vaccine, buy all the reopening plays, stocks. I, Dennis, and, I, and that's I, not happening. I, I think there are degrees though of vac- For sure. quote unquote, vaccine news. This news yesterday- okay. give us the degrees. This was like, well, so the news last night is like a formality. Like, hey, we've commenced this study. If they say in a month or two, whenever the study ends, that- the, the, it was really encouraging. The data was great. That's a different kind of headline than, hey, we started a trial. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'll I, give you that. The only thing I will say is Pfizer lifted about 4% on that headline. So the individual stock and also BNTX, if you bring up these after hours charts, Joel, BNTX rallied about 8% right on that headline. So the individual stocks responded well to that headline where the market overall didn't. So if you would have thought it was a nothing burger, you would have probably said that Pfizer wouldn't have a 4% pop in the next 20 minutes off that headline. And BNTX, you can look at it last night, Joel, and you better tell us the charts again, because I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out which one's which. Um, 15 minutes, upper left-hand corner. corner. Upper upper left-hand quarter, okay. your 15-minute, incorporating the pre-market and after-hours action. 30-minute, right below, illustrating the same thing. To upper right, that's your daily. That's your daily. That's very important. And your bottom right um, is your monthly. But I, I have, I have some things to make it uh, in in the works. Just give me a day or two. You know, I'm gonna. These are this is an improvement. But yeah, 15 minute intraday chart. Boom, right there. 30 minute, kind of the same thing. Daily on the right, monthly on the left. Gonna give you guys a tip here right now. So I just brought it up and it was blurry for me as well. Go into the bottom right-hand corner of your YouTube screen. Hit that little widget button, the little gear. There you will see quality. Mine was on auto. Not good enough. You want to hit it to nice. 720p. Go 720p and the charts will now be so crisp that they almost feel like you're part of them. That explains why mine are not blurry because I've had that setting. Yeah, so make sure if it's set to auto, it was looking blurry to me. Um, oh, actually, auto, I guess, works. It was 144p at certain months. Go to 720p. Set to 720p. We'll clean those charts right up for you. And which, uh, which one was that? The settings? If, you go in the, if you're on your YouTube, everybody's watching this on YouTube. Go into your settings, the little widget in the Quality. bottom corner. Quality. 
Yeah. And hit 720p. Make sure you set to 720p. Dennis, you look at this troubleshooting. Look, I do tech support. Not only a great trader, a great tech support is too. Tech support. They need to. You know what? Maybe you can go help raise. You can go help Bert out and uh, do some Ah, stuff. I don't think I can handle what Bert's doing over there. So. Uh, Zynga Pro is a little more than a YouTube. Uh, so, okay, moving on here. So, oh, yeah, Pfizer had earnings as well. So we might as well talk Pfizer. So they had the positive vaccine headline. That drove it higher. It leaked a little bit of those gains, but then it reported earnings here this morning, and it's getting driven up here once again. I'm long Pfizer in the long-term portfolio. How'd they do? Uh, they beat and they beat on their EPS and their sales, 78 cents versus 66 cents on the EPS, 11.8 versus 11.55 billion on the sales. They also raised the midpoint of their sales guidance for the year, um, and they raised their adjusted EPS guidance also. Uh, so the guidance raise and earnings beat for Pfizer, but I'm not entirely sure how much that matters compared to vaccine news. It gets up anywhere near 39 bucks. There's all kinds of overhead supply. So talking against my book, I have in the long-term portfolio. If I had it on for a trade, I'd be ringing the register, I think, because you had so much overhead supply between 39 and 40. Gets above 40, then it would be in breakout. But until it gets above 40, I think the bears actually are a little bit more control here. I'd be selling the pop. This is kind of an interesting chart, though, for uh, for for a pre-market chart. It, it, it had the blast, yeah. and it's holding it. You see that? You well, had I was the... holding the blast to a certain extent because of the vaccine news last night, yeah. too, right? Okay. So you had two separate headlines. You had to come out there at five o'clock with the vaccine news, and that's what, what what made us go higher. Now you have an earnings report, and it was almost numb to its earnings report because it was already up for the vaccine. So as long as the earnings report wasn't a disaster, it wanted to be higher price last night for that vaccine news. Okay, I Dennis is mentioning thirty nine, and then uh, you can see that pre. Someone got a little excited, Dennis, when they took it up to thirty nine fifty. No. I'm sure you did not have an offer out there when it traded over thirty nine forty nine. I was long ago going in. I sold into the pop. I had it on for. I have the long term invest, but I had it on for a trade too as well because sometimes I buy these things ahead of the reports, but then popped up, and I was like, "Wow, I'm not going to take it through the report." Thirty nine, yeah. That's your super extra major resistance, 39.50. 39.42 is your three-day high. Uh, let's see how far they can push it. It looks like it's, as of right now, it looks like they're going to hold these gains going into the open, and they're going to push it. We're already above yesterday's high. I'll go with you with 39. I just don't have anything. I just don't have anything between 38.15 and 39.42. So you go to the book, you you know, probably something there at 39. So I'll go with you on that one. Um, if you do get a pullback, and I've seen Pfizer, I don't know how many times it's had pops on earnings or drug news or whatever. A lot of times it, it gives some back. It, it will give you a chance to get back in. Top of yesterday's range is 37.75, if that's something that you want to take out for a little gap fill. So that's what you're looking at. Pfizer, formerly based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They bought Warner Lambert Dennis for a free pop. What was the symbol of Warner Lambert? I don't know if that might have been before my time. Really? Was okay. that before 1999? Before I was uh, propped? Yeah, I don't I remember think it Warner was. Lambert. Yeah, I don't remember uh, the symbol. So WLA. This one. WLA. No, don't remember that one. McDonald's earnings. Let's go to Mickey D's. 
All right, let me pull it up here in the handy dandy Benzinga Pro. McDonald's out this morning. Uh, Q2 adjusted EPS, 66 cents, missed the 74 cent consensus analyst estimate. Sales, 3.76 versus $3.68 billion. So a beat on the sales and a miss on the earnings per share. Um, that's not great. Uh, global comp sales declined about 24% on a year over year basis. That is to be expected, though. I think they said that US sales actually actually grew it's kind of the day that the market's not pricing in anything which is weird from an earnings perspective because you think mickey d so i mean the, the stores all they got is drive through their stores are closed so you knew they weren't going to do as good as they were doing and obviously i had a run up into it too but i'm going to yeah. get to the, my, my reasoning behind this because i see a pop of polaris i see a pop in shw because you know, nobody knew that everybody was paying their homes. Nobody knew that everybody wanted to do outdoor activities. I mean, that's, uh, Captain Obvious here is winning. So shorting the restaurant and buying the paint store and buying uh, the outdoor activity recreational vehicle store worked. And that was just logic. Jason Rasnick style right there. Logic, logic working today. <laughs> Street so McDonald's, really, give us some technicals yeah, here. Oh, street leaning the wrong way on this one, man. Uh, rallying this thing like big time into the report, and now everyone is caught here. Is it not one. absolutely ridiculous? Just stop for a second here, too, though. Like McDonald's is now back to where it was before everything started. And I mean, some people are saying, well, they're going to get more business because nobody's eating out and they're going through drive throughs Those McDonald's drive throughs are busy. But I will tell you, not having the stores open has got to impact sales to a certain extent. I can't see them selling more stuff through these drive The drive throughs are already packed. How can you get them more packed? So I, I find it incredible that the stock is all the way back up to where it was prior to the whole crisis. And, it, and it's not like sales are coming back to where they were, right? No. <laughs> so now you're just paying way more for those same sales, even Pretty if much. you get them to, to, to where they were before. So, right. And McDonald's had problems. Remember, McDonald's had the big sell-off before COVID hit. So if you go and look at your charts and you go out to your weeklies, there was a disappointing earnings report in there that McDonald's went from 210 down to $188. I remember that because me and Mr. Alconan had a bet. And I believe, I don't know who won that bet, but... I won it. It went... It went. <laughs> I'll just say I won. <laughs> I did. It went to it by like a nickel or whatever. Yeah, you want to buy like a nickel or something. It ripped me off on that one. But anyways, I do remember that. So it was actually trading like 190. So it's actually 10 bucks higher than when COVID started. So is McDonald's a more valuable company with COVID? Is it all of a sudden a COVID stock? The earnings are saying no. The logic kind of says no. I mean, yes, the restaurants are open for drive through, but having the physical restaurants closed, I don't think it's good either. So I I'm not a fan of owning McDonald's at 200 bucks until they figure all this out. Yeah, I uh, I, I mean, love the I love the business, but I don't think it's a COVID stock. I did, yeah. Uh, of course, lower expenses, less employees, right? Which is, uh, you know, a mixed bag there. I'm sure they rather have the employees. For sure. Uh, uh, Pre market trading, they got to say they spiked it down a couple times uh, into the one, I believe the 194 handle. So I think they got a little bit overdone there. 194 is your pre market low. And just a little bit ago, they snuck it under 194 again, 193.75. But you're now, now you're up. Those are just quick spikes and back up. Now you're hanging out at 196.95. I'm going to go to the dailies here and I'm just to see, see these parallels here at 196. 
196. Did you point them out with a cursor or something? Like, oh, you know? I had it here. Oh, man. You're saying, see these parallels. I see four charts here. And all right. All right. If we're going to do one chart, we can tell. With four charts, we need to get the I'm cursor gonna going. Get... We're going to teach Joel how to at least do no, the cursor. No, no. I, I got a lesson coming up later on today. And... Okay. Joel's going to get better on this. Trust us. The visual, we're, this is the new for us, this four chart thing. But Okay. Let's see what happens here. Oh, you got this little thing. Can we get like an arrow? This is like a little squiggly, like uh, eyebrow pointing thing. Oh my god, so picky! As as long as I can see the cursor, I'm happy. Right here, yeah, yeah, right there, man. You see yeah, that? see, do that. Yeah, keep yeah, moving okay. around so we know. Yeah. It'd be All nice right. if it was like a purple little thing. <laughs> I don't know why I like purple so much. You're obsessed with the purple color. I don't know it, why. It, it, I like purple ever since I was a little crayon. kid. It's just my favorite color. I was always a purple kind of kid. I was a little five years old. You know, so what's your favorite color? Purple. Blue. Okay. Oh, anyway, pair of lows. Pair of lows, Joel. Sorry. A pair of lows at one ninety six. It's all we care about. We don't care about Dennis's favorite color. Sometimes they do. That's right. it. One ninety six. That's what I'm looking at. If you think you're going to get it at the pre market low, then and whack it at one ninety six. I see a lot of overhead supply here. A straight up move from one to eighty four. I I don't know. I'm just thinking people are stuck. Why did I buy this in report? I read a couple analyst reports. Oh, McDonald's. Buy the dip. We'll buy it. Uh, and McDonald's a love company. So as you get dips on this, probably gets bought. As long as they don't think this virus is starting to get worse again, McDonald's probably dips get bought. So I, I'll go with you, Joel. Okay. All right. S&P's hanging out down 1250, 32, 19 and a half. So we're four and a half points off that pre-market low, just kind of chop and slap between 32, 17 and 32 and a quarter. More so we earnings. have Polaris and Sharon Williams, both unofficially, but probably more officially COVID plays, both responding well with really good earnings. I mean, we knew Sharon Williams was killing it everybody's at home and they're sitting at home. What am I going to do? I'm going to paint my house. So SHW pure COVID play up 21 points. They must've blew it away. The, on the EPS, they certainly did. The Q2 adjusted EPS, $7 and 10 cents versus a $5 77 cent estimate. So they blew away the estimate on their earnings. Sales also beat 4.6 versus $4.53 billion. But they also raised their EPS guidance for the year. Check this out. Uh, they raised it from a range of the mid $16 handle to the mid $18 range. Now it's from mid 19 to high 20s so they raised their guidance uh by a couple dollars uh per share for on the full year eps to go with what was an amazing quarter amazing quarter it's not going to get better for them though like i mean is everybody just going to continue to paint their homes so i gotta think that yeah you know it was awesome because everybody's sitting at home what do i do i paint my home but once you paint your home you're going to continue to paint your home and do that every quarter. Just continue to paint everything. Oh, so some of us might. Don't don't judge. I, I I just think this is going to be as good as it gets for sure. Sure, William. So yes, to make an all-time highs. I never short a stock making new all-time highs. Um, could stay in favor for a while. Sure, but I just think that it's not going to get better. This is as good as it gets. I think. All right. If this is as good as it gets, then uh, we'll look at that pre-market high, 649.95. We're not too far away from that. That is a new all-time high. So just that number 650 sticks in your – oh, actually, the pre-market high is 657. So we've leaked 10 bucks off that. You want it to get over 657. You want to go 660 bid. You want to go 665. If not, 
you don't get to 657, then I see a little bit of a fade coming here in Sherwin-Williams. And uh, top of yesterday's range, I think you might see the top of yesterday's range in this one. That was 61 or 631.88. So that's what you're looking at in Sherwin-Williams. Polaris, outdoor activities. Everybody's buying outdoor machines because they're doing more things outdoors. People aren't allowed to go indoors or they're not going into public places as much. So they're outside doing their thing. And you know what? Showing up in Polaris. Leaking. Leaking. Do you want to give the report? I just want to give props to Jason Rasnick who called it out on this show. So nice call, Jason, if you're listening. P-I-I trading up. It is leaking the gains a little bit. Um, I will say there is a major resistance point at 104.22 now. That was the high back from June the 5th. We are now back below that, so that becomes relevant once again. What does it do there at the all-time high? Yeah, that's not the all-time high, actually, if I, I correct myself. It's, look at the weekly on this, Joel. There is all kinds of one resistance 103 to 104. Go out there and look at the month. Oh, yeah, right here. Now, again, it was so I, I, I really correct myself because this was much higher. I didn't know it was about $157, but lots of resistance here, 104. Somewhat concerning. What do they, they make like skidoos and stuff and things yeah. like that? And, um, uh, yeah, snowmobiles, watercrafts, and watercrafts. snowmobiles. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. ATVs. Fun stuff. Yeah. I, I don't like the fact that we're that far off the pre market high. I mean, it just it shows me that the the algos just got a little crazy, took it to 109. Now you're back at 103 and a half. So I just think you're going to have to pick an intermediate uh, term resistance level. Let's even see what this high was on June 8th. The high on June 8th was 102.51. We're above that. So you could use that as support. But the fact that we faded uh, four and a half bucks off that pre-market high, I just think so. They're going to have a hard time getting back up there. Plus, you know, the option buyers who knows how crazy the premiums was were but uh you know they might uh want you know if you had 100 calls and you paid a buck for them now they're worth 350 or four bucks so i don't know just seems a little this looks good the chart looks good i love seeing it up five and a half bucks for raz but just don't know if we're gonna get back to 109 hog not doing so well so outdoor activity as in bikes motorbikes not doing as well here this morning give us the details on hog yeah and this one is just a, the continuation uh, of a trend let me see if i can get the struggling for a long time gap number so stock in a short-term uptrend but in a long term yeah I, i'm not sure the cps major numbers, downtrend i'm not sure the cps number is comparable if it is it's it's really bad the eps they lost 35 cents per share the estimate was for an eight cent gain Sales eight sixty five million versus eight twenty nine million. So you know they, they have sales, but their their earnings are just not where the street thought they would be. Stock trading down slightly. It is in a short term uptrend. That's the one good thing. The bad news is is this overall trend. If you go out to the monthly, it's been straight down for basically a decade. Back in twenty fourteen, seventy four dollars a share. We're now twenty nine dollars, twenty eight dollars in the pre market. It's really hard to get excited about this. I see major overhead supply around 30. That was the point where we broke down from when we had the low back in July of 2019. So uh, all I say is there is some support here. So they're not yeah, just there's slamming a, it. Yep. And there is a big better in the pre-markets. We don't often point out, but Hogs volume is fairly light. So that volume, the, the, the bid that's there, which is 13,27.85 on ARCA is significant. So that's trying really? to hold it up. I'd say that's significant for the pre-market. No, no, I mean, at, 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 at 27. Yeah, somebody's, somebody's saying, I'm okay. a buyer. I'm a buyer yeah. around 28. So we're seeing some buyers come in around 28. 
they're they're looking at the twenty seven sixty six low. Uh, that was from July twenty second. You also had a low at twenty seven seventy five. Uh, so there's three lows right there under the twenty eight. Uh, may if, if they blast through that, maybe a gap fill at twenty seven forty nine. Uh, that was your high on July fourteenth. So getting into this area, uh, coming back on the upside. If you want to try and sell yesterday's low twenty eight sixty four, huh? That's not too far away. Twenty eight sixty four was the lows, the low, and twenty nine twenty eight the close. So those are those are your uh, your obstacles on the upside for hog. Uh, you know the former symbol on that one, Dennis. Very easy for you. HDI wasn't it? Yep, correct. Harley Davidson Industries hog, much better ticker symbol. They're all over that one. That came you ever been on a? Did you ever own a motorcycle? Never, never even been on one. Never even you? been on you? One? Never been on one. Nope. Ah, man, I'm, a, I'm a risk. I'm a risk manager. It seems too much risk. <laughs> Spencer laughing, but this is I, I live uh, 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 and you know, people think and it's funny, you know, they think you're a day trader. Oh, you're a risky guy. I live because I'm a risk manager. I put my capital out there in low risk situations, at least where I have an out where I deem an out and I see risk reward on everything I do. I see, oh, I'm going to have a little fun zipping around. But then, you know, something happens and I uh, I had, uh, so I, I had a <laughs> so I'm uh, out on the hog. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I had a Honda QA50 when I was like seven, eight. It was this little bike. I used to rip around the neighborhood. The cops used to chase me a little bit, but uh, and that thing wouldn't go more than 25 miles an hour. And then I had a I had a moped in college. And the reason I gave up the moped is I was driving to swim practice one, at 5.30 in the morning, and I went over this bridge that connects the campus. And this is like the second week in November, and I hit a patch of ice, and I slid like halfway across the bridge and called on my dad. I said, Dad, I'm done with the moped. <laughs> so that was that was my last motor vehicle. Right, how about you, Spencer? You're, are no, you a Harley Davidson? Yeah, he looks like a hot. I can see you in the I leather jacket. See, the beard going. Yeah, little ponytail. Spencer has a ponytail yeah. in the back. He never shows us. Yeah. I do not. All right. Uh, let's, I'm bringing it back. Just, I'm bringing it, just make up things. I'm, just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it back to the stocks here. Can we talk about Kodak here? This is going to be the stock of the day. East at least, at least in Robin Hood. Yeah, K O D K. So first they pivot to crypto and blockchain in January 2018. I don't know, really know how that worked out for them. I don't think it worked out well at all. But today uh, they're announcing that they landed a 765 million dollar uh, loan under the Defense Production Act, and they're going to manufacture ingredients for generic drugs. So they went from a camera company to uh, blockchain, blockchain to crypto company. Now they are a generic drug ingredient manufacturing company. They're going after the headlines, trying to get the lift. <laughs> who, uh, so all I want to know is who got the memo yesterday? <laughs> Look at the pop on this thing yesterday ahead of this news. That's yeah. a big candle. That's the biggest up move it's had in two months. Look at that. Oh man, two thirteen to two sixty-five. I'd be looking at who was buying that thing yesterday. I'd be there so right there now. Was, if there I'll was some insider SEC, buys right? happening, that's that's interesting. Knowing this this type of headline, which is just trying to basically drive the price up, in my opinion. So, and it is. Wow. I mean, people are all over it. Would I be chasing this? Absolutely not. Um, I think when the dust settles, this thing will be back down. But this thing gets wicked. It's had wicked, wicked spikes, and it can go on wicked two day runs too. Like back to 2017 when they did the whole blockchain from three to 13. Well, eventually it came back down to earth. I believe it will do that again. Um, 
So I wouldn't be chasing it up at $8 because I don't know when the hot potato ride ends, but I think you got to be careful with that um, shorting it as well because these things can go crazy. This is a squeeze now. But it's I, so I, that's much, just ridiculous that, that, that I had, you know, a 10% Look at that movies. bar yesterday. No, yeah, so for two close of the previous day at $2.10 and then blast off to $2.60. You're talking about a 20% move up day ahead of this headline, which give us the headline here again. So they're going into, yep. now they're going into drugs. So, yep. They, so they got a government loan uh, and they're going to produce ingredients for generic drugs, including that uh, hydroxychloroquine drug. I had to throw that, that one in there too, yeah, right? That got talked about a lot. So uh, they are, they're, these are ingredients for drugs. That and it's a it's, little... it's a purely promotional headline, in my opinion. Sorry, I I just think this is like the you know the people inside the company trying to get their stock price to go up. That's my opinion, just my well, opinion. Well, they got a but loan. They, I mean, they get a loan, but I mean, they went block. So it's Kodak, and then they went blockchain, and now they're trying to get on the COVID craze too. It, so it, I guess it, they're it, trying it, things. Is there a big difference? <laughs> is there a big difference between like chem, chemicals for a dark room and like chemicals for medicine? I don't know. I'm just saying, chemicals are chemicals. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're. It's a reach. So okay, it's a reach. I'll, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. But it seems like this is the headline to try to get the price up. That's all what, my opinion. Just my well, opinion. Joel, pull your charts up so we can see what what it's doing today. Okay. Uh, I guess every is... share. I guess every insider needs to work for its shareholders trying to get the price of their stocks. So I guess it's a goal to make their companies worth more. So, if you look okay. at it from that perspective, right. but I hope I don't see a lot of insider sales today. This is this is really going to make your skin crawl here, Dennis. Uh, the volume on Friday, seventy-five thousand shares. The volume yesterday, one point six million. Was there? Was there any, any headline yesterday, Spencer? I'm going to my PR slash SEC news feed. Any reason besides everybody knew this headline? Obviously, a lot of people Not everybody. Knew this it could be like the guy. The, some, some people knew this headline was coming out pretty May obvious. May 15th, I have the like, you know, maybe the guy in the mail room or something. Was there rumors publicly out there that they were going to do something like this? I, I can't speak to there being rumors. I don't know, but I can tell you there was not a single press release or SEC filing from that looks very very suspicious this is just very suspicious trading activity from yesterday we're pointing it out hey, but can't the sec just go boom boom and figure out who who did it and who bought it they can okay. they can look at that if they want to okay if they uh, think, I, I just see a chart some spikes 20 percent, and then the headline comes out that's going to move the stock up 200 percent, and it hasn't had a huge move and the volume goes from seventy-five thousand to over a million shares the day before this big headline comes it looks suspicious. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Uh, this is a little bit tougher one to pick. I'm not going to try and pick a top yet because the 15 a minute and the 30 minute, they've just been marching this thing north. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to keep an eye on the pre-market high. Uh, it currently stands at 875. So keep an eye on that at eight or 929 and 59 seconds. Jot that down. And see if they can just jam it through there. If they jam it through there and it just keeps on going, let's say opens up 860, goes to 910, and then pauses, then comes back under 910, takes out that 860 low, then it could be lights out. But a uh, couple possible, no way you could possibly buy it off the open and uh, being a little cautious short. Keeping an eye on that pre market high, big volume, 
18 million shares have traded, Dennis. Retails like the Robinhood traders are going to be all over this stock. And that's the concern as well, because they drive price. We've been talking about this phenomenon for, you know, at least the last three to four months, where when retail gets a hold of something, it can really drive the price a lot further than you think. And when stocks are disconnected from fundamentals or they're just, you know, it's just hot. The story is hot. All of a sudden there's a story here. Stocks can go crazy. So I'm not shorting at 843 because it could be $18 in my face in like a day. It could do that. So I, mean, I can't control the risk on it. So I can't short it. Now, you know, if you get a candle where it tops out and then all of a sudden I can control the risk, maybe on day two, maybe it gets a little more interesting. But, um, you know, even if the stock goes back to three or $4 in, in, in three months, if it goes up to 15 or 20, you will be able to hold through that. So it's a no touch for me. Uh, I agree to say if you got it, look to book profits. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Okay, we got we got Nick uh, lurking in the background. Um, he'll be joining us in just a minute. He's not here yet. So in the meantime, uh, I want to just go to a couple uh, stocks. Twenty percent short interest in that too. Someone just oh, there you go. There. So we're squeezing them. Ouch. Ouch. Gotta watch shorting these stocks that are like fuck or two, and they're just sleepy because all of a sudden a headline comes and death to the shorts. Uh, I, I do want to get to a couple uh, tickers from the chat and we'll, we'll, we'll get to more after Nick Shaheen is on, but let's just look at um, uh, Shopify here. I uh, saw that guy drop into the chat earlier in the hour. Uh, again, yeah. earnings, earnings 24 hours from now, I believe tomorrow morning is when they report. Yeah. Uh, and I got upgrade from Goldman. So yes. upgrading yes. to buy. So a, a gutsy call ahead of an earnings report, getting yep. the big lift here. It's up 30 points in the pre-market there. No GS can drive price, so but again, it's going to matter. The earnings are going to matter too. So uh, it's it's up three percent. Ten seventy four is the all time high. Can it get that far? Heather report. I don't think it's going to do go crazy here, but at the same time, this could get the stock excited again. Yeah, once again, these are it's a thousand dollar stock kind of over my pay grade trading at the highs of the pre market session right here. Right now, you have uh 10007 is your high pair of highs. I'm going to give you a region in this one because with a thousand dollar stock, it's very difficult to oh, yeah. just yeah, to see everything, but uh, an interesting area, none the least. Uh, 101181 and 102498. Uh, pick your poison right between those. I, sometimes it could just to split them. That's like 12. So you add six, 10, 18. See if you get lifted on your 10, 18 offer and then see what happens at 10, 25. And then it really opens up uh, closer to, yeah, that's right. 10, 74, 98, but uh, trading at the highs of the pre-market session. Can't argue with that. All right. Still waiting on Nick to join us. I want to look at uh, Nicola here. We'll be, we'll be joined by the CEO sure. uh, and president at nine. Uh, something worth paying attention to for everyone who is trading uh, or even investing in Nicola is the float on this stock is increasing dramatically. They had some warrants that were exercised. They've had a couple uh, of insider uh, lockup expirations, and there's a big lockup expiration uh, on, in early December, a big one. Uh, so the, the share count is going to dramatically increase for the next for short term, for the next few months, basically. Uh, so that could act as like a, a technical uh, 
Sometimes uh, and, when these lockup expirations happen, you can see pressure on the stocks as yeah. there's obviously insiders yep. that are now allowed to sell. Exactly. So, you know, that that's one thing to consider always. And that's why these, you know, are, are often noted. It'll be interesting to see, you know, talk to the CEO here today, obviously. Um, I, I tried to buy this yesterday. I, we set up the trade on the show and um, I was saying, I think 30, you know, with all the option open interest that was there, I think 30 landed pretty good support. I threw my order in the mid thirties. I thought, you know, it was, it was in the mid, it opened at 3160. I was like, okay, come on down, get in the mid thirties, maybe retest that 30 support and then take off. It went down a little bit, but it never got into the thirties. So it didn't even get close to my limit order, which was, I think around like 30, 40 and 30, I might've had a multiple orders out there, but I was in the lower thirties and it never got there. And then it just blasted off. So I missed this trade. Hopefully some other people maybe caught it. Um, it wasn't, it was a decent setup. It was a decent setup. So um, where it goes from here, obviously going to depend a lot on what CEO says, uh, but also, you know, there's a lot of other factors involved here too. Uh, it, it, it was oversold. It was oversold. It was due for a bounce. Right. My point in saying is, is this is like, this is not a fundamental factor. It's got nothing to do with the company and everything to do with the stock. So if you're trading the stock, be aware of the fact that there's going to be a lot of sellers most likely coming into the market that, that could act as a headwind for the next five months or more is my point. Uh, you, it's, it's hard to go now. Uh, the, the setup was cleaner now, you know, like I said, 30, but if you're buying it's 33.78. So now you're almost four points off that 30 support level that I was trying to lean on. What are your thoughts here, Joel? Uh, Roger Milley paid his mortgage off our call from this yesterday. Oh, nice. Good yeah, job, Roger. Yeah, yeah, Somebody made job. some money at least, wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. You were a little bit too low here. Uh, uh, I mean, more aggressive. 59, I mean, you got some mo, right? You get going. I mean, I don't have the daily pivot in front of me, but I kind of look at that as the area I wanted to hold. 35 high and then 33 to kind of like right in the middle of range 33 so i'd really like to see this hold 33 what it really needs to do is it really needs to take out 35 then you get another round of uh short covering here you know up to 37 20 but 40 is huge yeah if it gets back to 40 there's gonna be sellers lined up at 40 that's a long ways away but there's almost room like if you're in it i'd just be bringing up your stops because there is some room but 40 is huge. So as you get in the upper 30, you know, 37, 38, 39, it starts to get thicker. So I got a little bit of room here, though. All right. I am not sure where Nick Shaheen is. I'll give him a pass because we know he was on vacation. Uh, well, I hope he's okay. I don't well, think he knows he's supposed to be on. He does. We emailed yesterday. <laughs> where, 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 did he go to Cancun? I, I'm not sure where he went. I know he was on vacation and, and he's back, but he's probably like Nick flies. He's hung over from that vacation. So no, not Nick. He needs to help. I know. I mean, like the the vacation hangover. Oh yeah, you know like, that error. That's the, what I, I don't mean. A little bit jet lag. I don't mean literally hungover. I mean, <laughs> we're just joking. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to do some more tickers from the chat here. We were asked about Corning and GLW. They had earnings this morning. Uh, EPS beat 25 cents, first 12 cents, sales 2.6 bill, first $2.37 billion. So beating the beat for nice. Corning this morning. A lot of nothing happening here. Very light volume, 40,000 shares. It's bounced. It's, it, it's sold off a bit. It's bounced back. Really ripped into earnings yesterday. So we had the pre-earnings run in this one uh, big time yesterday. 
I don't know. What are your thoughts here? I'm Get over thirty eighty three. That was a high from yesterday. You're trading around unchanged. Uh, you know, let them prove it. You know, hey, they like this. This is a good report. We're taking it through yesterday's high. We're going to thirty one. We're going thirty one bid, and then our next monthly target would be th not too far. Thirty one ten was a high um, in October of last year. So there. There's a, there was a couple other pesky monthly highs over 32. So not over 32, but over 30. Let's see. I mean, it close over, you know, take out that 31, 3110, keep on going. If not, you lose that closing price and you start to go into retreat. Major support in the lower 29 handle. Uh, yesterday's low, 2907, two-day low, uh, 2922. We're riffing higher here on gold, almost getting GLDs almost back flat. So uh, let's talk silver and gold here for a second because we had some crazy moves last night. Silver ripped higher. And if we look at the after hours chart, you'll see it got up to over, uh, well, I think on the futures, we were over $25 last night. Over 26. Um, it got over 26. Holy. And just reverse. They pulled the rug out from under it. And obviously now it's down significantly. Um, I've got some trading positions on some miners like against SLV, some miners against GLD. So I'm all paired up here, uh, pretty much net neutral to gold and silver as best as I can be. But holy, gold GLD ripping higher uh, from the lows. So if you look at the, you know, if we go over to GLD as well, um, we were very weak about three four hours ago, and we've come all the way back. And so by the dip emerging here, both in silver and gold, at least overnight. Yeah, I mean these are these are tough ones, and I I don't have my twenty four hour GLD chart up, but I just want to show you one thing here in the silver. If you were just happen to be trading this in the middle of the night, right, one two p.m., uh, and we talk about consolidate, you know, like you could you could concentrate on highs and you can concentrate on lows, but a lot of times it's consolidation. So you had that high over twenty six, you had the big drop, and this is based the fifteen minute chart. And you just hung out, you hung out, you hung out for all these different brackets, right? That's pretty good consolidation. That's within a 50 cent range and something that's been an absolute rocket ship. Uh, but once, and this is about three o'clock, 3.15 this morning, you took out the bottom of that consolidation range. And once you did, boom, it really took it out. So here you are, you're another, another consolidation range here. It looks like between 23 and a half and 24. So, hey, you bust above 24, maybe get back up 24 half. I don't know what the mid-range is here. Uh, but, you know, even though it's wild, there still are periods of consolidation, and uh, that's what you had. Let's see if gold – gold's been a little bit more tame. Uh, gold had the drop. That's coughing, coming off a recent consolidation too here. So it looks like after it came off the low, made a bump, hung out between 1920 and 1930 for a while, and now I'm going to catch another leg and run up to 1940. All right. Nick Shaheen has joined us. Uh, he is the author of Create Income with the Option Spreads, also runs sellspreads.com. Nick, I gave you a pass because I know you're out of town and it messes with everyone's schedules, so it's okay. I apologize. That was my mistake. I didn't get ready fast enough and uh, scrambled. Hopefully, I can get a few minutes in. So where, where were you exactly? I went to Cancun. Yeah, I'm the crazy guy that didn't get on a plane. vacation. I went on four flights. They can't four? Yeah, oh, we got to talk about this. Well, I, I had a direct flight uh, nonstop back, back and forth. And then the day of, they called me to say, your flights are canceled. We no longer have, oh, have direct oh. flights. So I had to leave early. So I scrambled, packed the family. We jumped on two flights on the way there, two flights on the way back. And the flights were packed. 
shoulder to shoulder. First class got booked before economy, which tells you people are freaked out a little bit. Not that it's not much bigger in first class. So um, the the planes were mask only. Uh, you can take off your mask when you're eating. So if you put a drink in front of you, you can pretty much have no mask on the whole flight if you wanted to, which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the airports are all masked all the time. Again, if you're eating, you don't have a mask. So carry a cup of coffee with you so that you can have no mask on the whole time. It's just bizarre. The, the airports was, were empty. How was the resort? Was it packed or was it? A no, kind of not at all. Um, the the area, the Quintana Roo is this, the area there and the, the Cancun resort area. So Quintana Roo was red zone, so high. And then uh, magically Cancun area was orange. So they can open the resorts. And, but they were capped. Uh, they had a cap of 30%, but they were nowhere near 30%. Uh, we pretty much had it for our own selves. That's awesome. Yeah, that, uh, that was awesome. The amenities are a lot less uh, because they can't have open buffets. They do have a buffet, but somebody serves you. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of contact with a lot of locals. Uh, the, all, all the locals are masked and gloved and face shielded. So they are doing, I thought, a lot better than I expected. In, in respecting our health. So I encourage them, you know, I, I was happy to see that even though I'm not one of the ones that is freaked out over, over the virus. So I did appreciate their effort. They went a long way, but they're working on about 40% staff. So the vacation was insane. I mean, the best, I've been there like nine times and this was the best weather, the best beaches, it's empty. So it was the a great vacation. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we got the beach to yourself probably. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, if you're willing to take the risk, I guess, you know, flying and going on vacation right now, you're getting rewarded with, obviously, uh, empty resorts to, right. to have fun at them for, by yourself. Yeah, well, we had a group of about usually 18 that go, and only six of us went. Okay. So. But you still had a good time. Oh, I had a great time. Now, do you trade when you're down there? I do, but only I keep up so I can maintain the chat room going and maintain the message because I do track the market for hundreds of people. So I need right. to make sure that my message goes out. So at a very reduced rate, I just pop in uh, to check on things and put in my chart updates and uh, see what they're doing. I mean, the chat room was buzzing and they keep great levels for me and they keep me informed. So I don't have to be tied to my PC at all. So what, what, let's take it back to the markets here. You're mm -hmm. now back and, and it takes me always a while. If I take a week off, I'm always like yeah. a little bit to pick back the feel, you know, get that, you know, trading feel back. Are you back in the feel now? Yeah, I, I did get back into it by just trading the SPX little, uh, like bought the dip last week, sold some put spreads into the fear and booked them yesterday a little bit early, but that was fine. I have some, um, you know, I sold at 32.05 on Friday and I won on that one, even though I did book it early. I didn't play it all the way into the end of the day. And I was thinking about selling some credit cost spreads in front of them now to make like an iron condor sort of range bound, but I decided not to given the earnings that are coming. Uh, I shorted silver yesterday uh, via the SLV. Oh, nice timing. Yeah. And um, I saw the overnight action. It was like, uh oh, maybe I'm going to get stopped out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I just posted a monthly chart on silver and I just felt like the daily candles are insane. And usually you don't see that type of candle pattern hold without at least a retest. So it's not like a massive position. It's just a good size position to uh, where I would want to stop myself out. Luckily, where, how silver, do you, Can you set it up for us to trade like what you took on silver? Uh, I just bought puts 
You can buy okay. them at the money. And silver is one of those tickers where the ETF trades weird. If you're not close to the money, it's hard to make money at it, even though you guess the right direction. So don't get cheap with it. If you want to do it, do it close to the money so you can profit right away. Up or down, doesn't matter. So jump over um, silver. You trade in gold too, because gold obviously I did. had a big, big overnight move. It <laughs> sold off and now it's come back to scratch. It looks like it's done nothing, but it's been a wild range here overnight for GLD. It, what, are your thoughts you know, on, what are your thoughts on gold? The gold, we, I've said here months ago, it's a buy and hold uh, because of what they're doing, the central banks are doing to cash. And because yeah. we say trillion, 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 and now you know, there's something has to hold value. I said gold and Bitcoin should be a, um, a hold. And I've been long gold for the longest time. I got out of my GLD for trading purposes. I was looking to get back in and I haven't had that opportunity. I'm pretty sure I will. Uh, so I'm patient to re-enter gold, but technically I don't have a trigger for it right now. So if I'm long, I can stay long. But my position in the GLD was kind of a wonky broken wing thing where I needed 180 to be perfect. And it came pretty close to that. So I was like, thank you. I'll get out, even though it's not my perfect pin, but it's it was a good enough win that um, I, I got out. Wait, what, else you, what else have you been trading here, Nick? Anything else on your radar? Um, yes, but I went back to just selling puts in, uh, on bad days into things like, uh, when they punished Intel, I thought that, you know, they're punishing it for the wrong reason, even though I hate the management, but eventually they would turn, turn around. So sold some puts into the fear there, uh, bought some calls into Ford that paid right away. And I think they report earnings this, this week. So maybe this uh, Bronco thing will bring some legitimacy back on wall street for the management team also been sucking wind there. So, um, they, you know, I shorted Tesla very gently <laughs> with a debit, uh, <laughs> debit put spread. So it's neither here nor there. It's out to the end of the year, just a simple $10 wide spread that cost about $3. So it, it's not a, it's just a like picking at it. Um, I don't, the, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate because of this. So I don't deny what they've done. And it, the stock did more than I thought ever it can do. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But they keep t telling me it's not a car company. Isn't it like 98% of its revenues from car stuff? So I get it. It's not a car company. I get the concept. But where is that other stuff? It's time to start talking about that other stuff. Because as a car company, it's super expensive. Uh, it's selling the most valuable car company in the world. Yeah, but with, with one-tenth of the sales of you know, right so other, it, other they're doing great stuff i mean they're expanding and he's if he, he goes along this way he's going to become a giant car company with giant car company problems like you can't have one model and then you're going to have you know dozens of models and then all the same problems going to show up so the ev is more reliable and all of this there's no doubt about it but where's that other stuff um i don't know if it's worth that much um, in, in just as a car company. So that's alone is not a reason to short it like the, the old style where you just sell the stock short. It's just insanity given what it can do. Uh, the short interest I hear is dr dropped considerably. I haven't yeah. checked lately. I think it's seven or 8% only now. It's, it's, it's really dropped. That's down from like 30 it. or 20. Oh or yeah. It was over 30 for a long time. And the, yeah. the borrow is easy too. I know I had some people asking me about the borrow. And yeah. for a while there, when everybody was shorting it, it was expensive. It's cheap now, too. 
Yeah. So whatever happened with the stock recently was just mind boggling. Um, I don't know, were they chasing the news that it was going to join the S&P or what, but it was just insanity. Yes. The answer is yes. I yeah. think so. I think they're still chasing that news to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's why I've been saying, I think it might get a pop on that headline, but I think right. that headline, that pop's going to be a fade. Right. I'm kind exactly. of waiting. I've even said exactly. I'm waiting for that pop, get yeah. the hundred point pop on the initial headline and cause right. the algos will all buy it. Oh, it's into the S and P. Yeah. And that's when I plan on striking on the short side, but right. I don't know. We, we don't know when that's coming. It could come. Right. Could I agree. They usually beats. pop the news. They chase it. They pop it. They pop it. They pop it. And then when the news actually comes out, like the Greek deal, you know, that's what they do. They celebrate it nine or eight or nine times. And then finally, when the deal comes, they celebrate it one more time and then they look around and it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. So, yeah. So. And and the news over the earnings, I mean, the earnings were perfect. There was no hair on that report and they couldn't hold a pop. So that's good. But that was the case back when it hit 980 the first time. I was like, they will never come back to that price. And then they came back to it and fell just short of it. And as you see, I told you, they'll never get that to a price. And then look at it now. It's like, bam. <laughs> so technically, I see it, how it happened. But the, the way the ramp happened, that last bit from 1,000 on to um, 1,800, that was just, wow, impressive. And we'll see how, how that plays out. I'm, I'm totally interested to see how it plays out. Nick, I was going to uh, email you over the weekend because uh, you know how I get these, like, levels stuck in my head <laughs> and I just can't forget about them. Well, what? I got one stuck in my head now, and I just can't get rid of it. Uh, this 3190 support in the S&P 500 futures. Uh, look at, I mean, just on the daily, low at 88.50, a low at 90, and a low at 91 and a quarter. Low at 91 and a half, and a low at 92 yesterday in the Globex session. So, you know, we closed kind of weak on Friday. So I thought we might flush that area to without, you know, now we're 30 points away from it, but not without – Without making like a directional call here, um, obviously, I think if we take out 3190, I think, you know, we got the, the short term party is over. But I want to maintain the bullish stance because that's the way it's been for three or four months without paying up to the premium gods and being, you know, 30 points away from that level. Uh, what would you look at uh, as a potential option strategy? Well, first of all, I did issue a balance. If I'm long a whole bunch of stuff, I would sell call spreads in the SPX, for example, if I'm just long a whole bunch of regular stuff. If I'm long a bunch of uh, tech stuff, I would sell it in the queues, for example. Um, and, and are you trying to catch the falling knife or trying to short it? Or I know, I just, I just know we got a big move coming out of here. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I just and, I don't wanna, and I don't want to just predict like I think it's going down all the yeah. time or going so, up. All the so time. I, I don't disagree with you. I just posted a chart and every day I pull out, put out lines. That's why you see a whole bunch of lines on my charts, but every set is for a particular day. So I did last week, I posted a red line that says, are we drawing the right hand of a head and shoulder? And the neckline is around your line. So if we do trip over that, I mean, there's a finite downside immediate, which is around 3150 eyeball. Uh, so it's not the end of the world. So here's the better question for you is who's in control? The buyers are in control. So they will buy the dip until that changes. And the only thing that would change that is sentiment. So if you can control sentiment, then there's no, whatever has been going on will continue to go on, which is a buy the dip move. So I would not short when it hits that level, unless you're shorting the trigger from it. And then Correct. I would, I would do that 
And I would expect support in the 3150 zone just from the price action that happened July 14th. And then there's one behind it that happened a little bit okay. lower. And one behind it happened a little bit lower. So every neckline they use to pop from will become support on the way down and an attempt to hold. The only way they would slice through all of this is another COVID thing. You know, that came out of nowhere and no support held. They just went straight down. You can uh, find more insights from Nick by going to either of the services. Create income with option spreads is one. Sellspreads.com is the other. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. There we go. When he's not on, he's responsive. Even when he's on vacation, he does his work. There you go. Thanks, Shaheen. Thanks so much for the time today. And uh, Sorry about being late. Oh, that's okay. It happens. Like I said, you uh, cut, you some, cut you some slack for being on vacation. <laughs> Have a good one, Nick. Thank uh, you. Let's, let's give some final thoughts before I go to our next guest. Um. It's a choppy day. This is a choppy day. You've seen silver and gold chopping around way up overnight silver, then way down. Gold way up, way down, now flat. Um, you're seeing it intact. We're up, now we're down. We're all over the place here. So this is going to just be chop. We're coming into the heart of earnings season. Amazon, Facebook. Yep. You know, we just got Apple. some big guns. Apple coming. So you know, Wednesday, Thursday are going to be huge days for earnings. Even tonight, we're getting some big dogs. Um, AMD is going to report here after the bell. So lots of catalysts coming. This is going to be chop until we have you know some clarity on where the earnings are. Uh, easier for me, bulls, to regain control of the market for today. Uh, you have your close at 32 and a quarter, and that's right with mid-range. So, uh, you know, I'll use that as a resistance the first time up. If, in fact, we get above and hold that, I'll look us to easily, or not easily, but get up and test that pre-market high of 46.75. On the downside, if you do take out that 15 pre-market low, maybe you got seven, eight points of downside. Your interday low from yesterday, 07 and a quarter. All right, don't forget, folks, to hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that as always. I now want to bring on our next guest. We've, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Mark Russell, he is the president and CEO of Nikola Motors. Let's get his video and his audio up here on Zoom. I've got the chart up there you can see of Nikola. Mark, good morning. Good morning. I know it's early for you, so I appreciate you getting up early with us. I'm very sympathetic to that fact. Uh, let's start off with the, with the news from last week. You just broke ground on the, uh, the new production plant in Arizona. Congratulations about that. What are the plans for that, and when will that be done? Well, we've started construction. Uh, phase one will be done uh, by next year, in 2021. Uh, and then we'll finish uh, phase two. Uh, the following year and phase three the following year. So the plant will be completed uh, in all three phases by 2023. But we'll be up with the first phase and using that to do uh, some limited production next year. Speaking of production, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, this is kind of a two-parter, but I'm curious how, how COVID has sort of impacted your production timelines. I was hoping you could talk about that and, and give us an update if there is one on the whether you're still on pace for the previously given production estimates for the semis and and also for uh, for the 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 truck the uh, badger. Yeah, the badger. Thank you. Sorry, I blanked out there for a minute. <laughs> so, uh, the the production timeline for the Nikola Trey, which is the first uh, vehicle that we'll have in production. Uh, coming out of Europe, which is where production would, would start first out of our facility in Ulm, Germany. Uh, that, that has been affected by the virus. We had to shut that facility down in March 
and then it, it came back up uh, first part of June uh, with some rules in place that limited productivity there. Everybody had to stay two meters apart and things like that. Yeah. So we lost we lost some time there. Um, what we're going to do is when we're when it's clear that we're back to normal and we know, we know exactly where we're going to be, we'll, we'll be able to announce what our start of production will be as moved to the right on the chart uh, because we were we were hoping to, to start production next summer um, and we're probably gonna have to move that to the right just a bit um, I'm not sure how much because the the team is thrilled and uh, excited and fired up I was just uh, actually actually was in Germany uh, oh, wow a week ago uh, and at the facility and uh, reviewing everything and looking at the prototypes that are uh, just coming together and about to go on the test track. Uh, the production prototypes, we have the first production prototypes coming off the line and they'll go, they'll go on the test track, uh, you know, here in the next uh, six weeks or so. So I'll be back there in September to see the, the production prototypes uh, track testing. And uh, they're so fired up that a number of them have agreed to, to uh, miss their, their holiday, their vacation. You know, as most Europeans, especially Germans do, they take August off. Right. A number of the of the people that are working for us there have said we're canceling our holiday. Uh, what we were going to do is in, it wasn't going to be as fun anyway because half of it's closed. <laughs> and so we'll we'll uh, cancel our holiday and work work straight through and try to make up time. Which that's it's just inspiring. Uh, the people that we have working for us there mostly we have some new employees there who come in to us as a startup, but most of the people working for us there are uh, heritage. Uh, Magiris slash Aveco employees that were at that facility uh, before, and they are so fired up about being part of Nikola and and helping us uh, in our attempt to change the world here that they're they're acting uh, with as much enthusiasm and fire as uh, you know our, all of our other employees. So, so Mark, you've said previously that you're gonna most likely have to have to raise more money. Uh, is that still the plan to increase production? Yeah, has always always been the plan. What we raised uh, this year so far, and we just finished our public listing uh, with a with a by merging with a SPAC, uh, which had uh, uh, a little over two hundred million on hand, and then we did a a pipe, a, a private investment in that of over just over of over five hundred million, and so uh, we've got that cash on hand. There were warrants that were issued to the SPAC holders as part of the SPAC deal originally. Uh, one for one. So there were about an, another uh, 23 million shares that were warranted. Um, and we'll have those called back in also. And that will raise us just over another 250 million. So our, our total fundraising this year has just under a billion dollars. Um, but that, that, and that was planned to be enough to get us through this year and through all the activities next year. Uh, but by, in, by 2022, we'll need additional funds. That's outlined in our our investor presentation on our website with our fundraising plans. Yeah. Yep. So part of the challenge obviously is you, you need to start building these, these vehicles, uh, these hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, but you also need to convince businesses and you already have to some extent with Anheuser-Busch, but you need to convince these businesses in the long haul trucking industry to, to lease your, your vehicles. How do you convince them to do that? Well, it's not, it's not very hard uh, really. Our, our proposition is a, is a bundled lease, as you mentioned. It's not, we're not just selling trucks. On the fuel cell side, we're, we're providing you with a truck that's powered by a hydrogen fuel cell. We're providing you with the fuel for that truck for seven years or 700,000 miles, whichever comes first. 
and we're going to maintain it for you. So we take all of those worries away about, hey, will this thing work for me? Well, we're going to guarantee that. And can I find the fuel? Well, we're going to, we're going to guarantee that as well. And we're going to give you a price that for most, fleet, for most fleets, our, our, our target customers are dedicated fleets of mostly very large multinational corporations. And we're going to, we're going to give you all that bundled lease, almost transportation as a service. If you've got a driver and a load, you, you're, in, you're in business. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to give you that at a price that's probably at or better than your current total cost of ownership for your diesel fleet. So they, you know, their answer is, are you telling me that, that, that you're going to guarantee me that I, my total cost is no higher than diesel or about the same and, uh, and I'm going to be zero emissions? And we said, yes. And they said, sold. But, but at the same time, the idea of hydrogen fuel was not, not a new one. Uh, people like, like Kathy would have, have done, some, done some estimates and some calculations. Uh, and they've estimated that the cost of building out the hydrogen charging infrastructure is dramatically more expensive than electric or other types of alternative energy. So how do you, how do you control those costs? Because it is expensive. It is expensive. Uh, the way we do that, though, is... First of all, we, we've standardized the station design. Now, we've been working on this for years with our partner, Nell, which has been doing making hydrogen using electricity um, out of water for, you know, for many decades. They're, they're experts at it. But they hadn't been uh, building stations like this at scale and on a repeatable basis. So we worked together with them to come up with a standardized station. We built the first one here in the Western Hemisphere uh, of this new design. The dispensing part is at our headquarters here in Phoenix. And uh, the uh, station is, is standardized. It's cookie cutter. You can, you can build it and it's modular. You can build any uh, size of it in uh, 8,000 kilograms a day of capacity increments. So eight, eight metric tons a day, 16 ton, metric tons a day, 24, et cetera. And we've standardized that. We've got uh, uh, long-term supply agreements for all the components in place with the suppliers and we and we have agreements to get that that cost down to our target uh, by the uh, by the fifth station by the fifth station we should be at our target cost and then be able to drive it down further from there as we continue to take cost out of the system now that's just the, the capital cost of the station the real cost of making hydrogen out of electricity is the electricity right so right. that's the that's actually the most important part of this is to make sure that you can get renewable electricity as much as possible at the at the location where you're making the hydrogen so you can understand why a lot of people are are skeptical because as cool as the designs and the prototypes as cool as they look uh you haven't actually produced any anything yet uh and yet you know the stocks we, we know stocks have the mind have the mind of their own but the stock has has just like blown right past where you are right now. So how do you sort of, like, what do you say to, to, to that? Because the expectations and, and the reality seem to be at different stages right now. The reason I think that we've gotten such a positive response from the capital market is because our, our plan is so bold and it, it, it is so detailed. If you, you know, if you have a chance to dig into what we're doing, we have a detailed plan and Unlike some companies in the space, we, we have partnered with world-class companies to help de-risk and uh, give us the resources to, to, to accomplish this. We have a partnership strategy. We're trying to build an ecosystem here because what we're trying to do is breathtakingly ambitious. I mean, we, it is. You're right. You should be skeptical before you look into the details because what we're trying to do 
is disrupt the fossil fuel heavy transportation industry and the fossil fuel industry at the same time, right? How, how audacious is that? <laughs> and that's why from the beginning, we've said we, we, need, we need help. And uh, so we have, we've engaged partners, companies like Bosch, I mentioned Nell, Wabco, Meritor, uh, Case New Holland, Aveco. Uh, these are the kind of companies that world-class companies that we have partnered with to de-risk this strategy and bring resources to bear. We'll, we're gonna to continue to do that. Uh, we'll, continue to, we'll continue to be open to partnerships uh, to help us be able to execute on this plan. It's really audacious, we understand that, but we believe we can do it. And enough of the market believes we can do it so far that we can raise the capital we need. We're on the line with Mark Russell. He's president and chief executive officer of Nicola Corporation. Uh, Mark, just kind of like a, like a broad question here. And, and, and you talked about help and obviously you need to, uh, to step up the, the production of the trucks to be able to sell them, to be able to make money. I mean, I'm a firm believer, you know, in the next, you know, two, three, five, ten years, there's just going to be a lot less cars on the road. Uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, COVID has already, you know, really decreased the traffic. I think people, the work from home. What, what's the, the, the car, car company landscape going to look like in five years? I look at Neo and Volkswagen, Ferrari, GM, Ford, Fiat, Chrysler, Tesla, Solo, Nikola, Workhorse. I mean, not all these companies can survive. What, what is, is there just going to be, is everyone just going to be driving a Tesla and then maybe driving your truck? Where do you see the consolidation? And if you guys are having production problems, why aren't you reaching out to some of these, you know, uh, bigger car companies that, you know, have idle facilities that you could perhaps transition your trucks over to? Well, remember, we're going after two markets. We're going after uh, the heavy truck market primarily. Um, our, our foray into the passenger car market which is the Badger, which is a, you know, which is a full-size pickup truck powered by a battery or a fuel cell. The uh, the four, those are two different markets. And you said that there's going to be a lot less cars on the road. I think that's not true for heavy trucks. Uh, if you look at the trend for, for commercial transportation, that's only been growing. You know, people, people call it the Amazon effect, but the amount, of, the amount of freight that's on the roads is not going down. And I don't think it will go down in the foreseeable future because the old you know, uh, distribution uh, supply chain for retail uh, in the world is being massively disrupted right now and being replaced by direct-to-consumer model, the Amazon kind of model, which actually requires more commercial transportation on the road. So that I don't think is going to shrink. I think that uh, even, with, if you, even if you can get to autonomous driving, which is not, not here yet, of course, but even if you get to autonomous driving, you, I don't think you're going to see less commercial transportation on the road. I think it, might, it, may, it may actually grow. Um, but in the, on the... Uh, passenger car front, you do see a huge proliferation of the number of people playing here. The OEMs are trying to reinvent themselves, and then you got the new players like us coming in saying, we're going to give this a fresh start. Uh, there's going to be a shakeout, no question about it. Uh, it's going to be highly competitive. There'll be a shakeout. Conditions now are very similar to where, where they were early in the last century when the, you know, the transition from horses was into uh, internal combustion and uh, Henry Ford and the Model T and all the competitors that sprung up. Uh, I was working out of Ohio for the last 12 years before I joined Nikola full time. And you know, there's, there's a city in Ohio where there were once, I think it's like a dozen car manufacturers and not, you wouldn't recognize any of the names uh, because they all were, were, they either went out of business or they were merged into and consolidated into the 
the, what became the big three. Right. So yeah, I think you're going to see a similar process that plays out here. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, uh, but it'll be a similar process and you'll have a consolidation of the winners. Uh, Mark, you, uh, your, your co-founder, your founder, uh, Trevor Milton said that you were, you had been receiving 1500 reservations a day for the Badger. Uh, is that, is that number still accurate? Is that still the case? I have not seen the most recent reservations for the Badger. And, and remember, we're, our approach on the Badger is different. You know, most people taking reservations for a vehicle are taking just $100 from people on a refundable basis. And we, we, when we first showed the concept of the Badger, we, we took just reservations without a deposit. That's what, what our model has been for, for, for right. years. Right. And we had a lot of those. And then when we announced that we were, we were actually going to build it, uh, we, we, and we'll do this going forward also with truck reservations. Uh, we're, we're, our next truck reservation will be a, with, a, with deposits and we'll, we'll take deposits from now on because we're close enough to production that, that we think that that's warranted. But, you know, we have a, a $5,000 reservation for the Badger. We have a $1,000 reservation and we have a $250 reservation. So um, uh, those are really hard reservations. They, you know, people, people are, aren't just playing around if they put $5,000 down. And we, uh, we basically got sold out of those pretty quick. And now we're filling up the 1000 and the 250 uh, slots. So I haven't seen the most recent ones, but uh, we expect those to go up. Uh, as we get closer to our, our uh, Nikola World event in December, if we're able to hold, hold it in this COVID time. Um, uh, and when we actually show the, the truck, we're going to show working prototypes that are, that are completely production intent. So without any sales and without earnings, how do you recommend investors or anyone value Nikola right now? Because it's tough. It is tough unless you're looking at the long term. Uh, and that's what, that, that's what I'm looking for is investors who want to buy into our long-term vision and are willing to buy us and hold us. I don't, I, I think it, uh, it's, it's really tough to value it on the short term unless you're, you know, speculating and day trading it. Um, I, I, and then you're, you that's, 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 just, a, that's a different game entirely. <laughs> and it is a different game entirely. Yeah. So we're looking, we're looking for people who, who want to buy and hold us and see if, see if we can do what we say we'll do. See if we can build these trucks, get them on the road, see if we can build charging and hydrogen, dispensing stations and get them going and see if we can build that badger and how the, how the market receives it. And just to confirm, you've got your earnings call next uh, a week from today, actually, right? Next Tuesday? On the 4th, yeah. Right. And then uh, as of now, Nicole, the world is still going to happen though. Who knows what, what December, what, what happened before, before December uh, in, in 2020. Uh, but just to confirm that it's, it's still the plan to happen. It is. Okay. Uh, we're still trying to, to, to have it just like everything else in life right now. Right, exactly. you'd, like, you'd like to plan, but things are so crazy with this. With this. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Russell, as we mentioned, is the president and CEO of Nicola Corporation. Mark, like I said, I know it's early. I appreciate you waking up with us. And uh, thanks a lot. And stay safe out there because these are crazy times. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it very much. All right. All right, that is a wrap for us. Uh, if you enjoyed that, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate that. We are working to get you more interviews like that. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I can take it. Email us, premarketatpensinga.com. If you think I ask bad questions, that's fine. I, I'd love to hear your opinion. If you think I ask great questions, 
tell me that too. You know, it's good to get feedback. So uh, we appreciate Mark. We appreciate our other guests today, Nick Shaheen. Thanks to all of you in our chats. As far as tomorrow's show, we've got uh, Michael Sonnenschein. He is with GBTC, the uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And we've also got the uh, CEO of Hylion, Thomas Healy. And then after him, I swear, we're done with the electric vehicle thing for now. Uh, or the renewable uh, energy uh, thing for now. Cause this How is about like, the timing with Mr. Sunshine coming on here with the moving Bitcoin? Yep, yep. Going to be, gonna, gonna be a big show there tomorrow. For that one. Michael Sunshine tomorrow at 8.35. Thomas Healy from Highly On tomorrow at 9. Uh, like I said, for, for any feedback, email us, premarket at Benzinga.com. Uh, thanks to our guests. Thanks to our chatters. Please remember that all the information from our, our broadcast is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time just to wrap up the day. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your day and wherever you are, stay safe. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.